what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and happy holidays. We are going into week 15, but more importantly, we're going into Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. So for those that uh, have some time off, awesome. I hope you guys get to enjoy some really good football, whether it's college football, NFL, but uh, I am recording on Saturday, so there's some really good content to be had for the holiday season. So let's go ahead and get way into the NFC West, okay? So we are going into week 15. I hope that for those that are still playing fantasy football, you guys are still alive, competing, whether it's, you know, for the championship, third place, consolation, what have you, but I hope that uh, you're enjoying your, yourself right now. Uh, quick FYI, I'm actually in 10 leagues right now, and out of those 10, I made playoffs in four, and out of those four, I, I lost half of them. So I'm still in the mix for two of them, but it's kind of a, well, it's been a tough season. It's been a really tough season for the NFL, let alone my fantasy team. It's been a lot of attrition, but uh, as we go into week 15... We have the Rams first place at nine and four. They're coming off a convincing win, twenty-four to three over the Patriots. You have the Seahawks nine and four as well. They're tied with the Rams, but the Rams currently have the tiebreaker, and they came off a really convincing win, winning forty to three against the Jets. Uh, a pretty underwhelmed, Je- oh I'm sorry, not underwhelmed, overwhelmed Jets team as the Seahawks had previously lost to the Giants. And they were pretty pissed off by that loss, so I can totally see why uh, you saw the outcome of forty to three. Russell Wilson actually he uh, he got some time off uh, during the fourth quarter. You saw Geno Smith and you saw a couple other guys off for the backups, so it was a very solid win. So they're currently fighting in the NFC West with a nine four record. Third place you have the Cardinals, and so the Cardinals they were they were sliding a bit the last couple of weeks. They had some really tough losses. Uh, but this time around, they got back to winning. They won 26-7 to against the Giants. But more importantly, what I'd like to see about this game was not necessarily always about Hale Murray offense, DeAndre Hopkins and whatnot, but it was the defense that showed up. This defense, notably Hassan Riddick, linebacker, uh, he is in his fifth year. They declined. They, I believe, they declined on his r- rookie fifth year deal. So he's a former fifth. Oh, I'm sorry, former first round pick out of Temple. So having said that, he's in a contract here. He's going to be a free agent this upcoming off season, and he balled out for the Cardinals. How good was he? He had five sacks, five sacks against the Giants, and where he pretty much single handedly took over this game for. For the Cardinals, and that was something I was not expecting. I know that Hassan Riddick has been playing uh, much better this year. They they put him from inside linebacker to an offside linebacker as a pass rusher, and that's been that's been paying dividends. So good for him, because uh, overall this was a sorry about the dogs, guys. Uh, I have two dogs in my apartment, but anywho, it was good to see this defense rise up to the occasion for once and, and win them the ball game. So 26-7 Cardinals over the Giants. And then you have the San Francisco 49ers, a.k.a. the Arizona Glendale Phoenix 49ers. Because, uh, yeah, they had a home game. Uh, It was at Arizona. And recent news about Santa Clara County, which is where they play in the Bay Area, they kind of extended the whole 
ban of sports in Santa Clara County. So at least um, up to this point, uh, until the end of the season, it looks like the Niners are going to have to get comfortable in Arizona. So all their home games are going to be in Arizona, which means they have a couple home games. They're also playing the Cardinals. So they have like, what, three, four games at Arizona to finish out the season. So, yeah, it sucks. I mean, you know, there's no place like home. Arizona is a good plan B, but, you know, it's just it's just not the same. And they played the Washington football team at home, a.k.a. at Arizona last week. And this was a really weird game. I mean, if you were to tell me that the San Francisco 49ers defense was not to allow a single offensive touchdown, hold the offense, the opposition to less than 200 yards, and they would lose. I'd say uh, yeah, that's some bullshit, but that's exactly what happened. And it's because of, once again, <clears throat> turnovers. So Nick Mullins, he uh, turned the ball over a couple times. Wilson, uh, Jeff Wilson fumbled the ball as well, and that's why they lost 15-23. to 23. Uh, The Washington football team, they had two defensive touchdowns. So that's pretty rough, and they are now 5-8. and eight. So, week 15, we have a full slate of games. All four NFC West teams have their own respective games, no divisional. So you have the Seahawks playing the Washington football team in the morning. You have the Niners playing at Dallas. Uh, then 1 o'clock games, you have the Jets and the Rams. The Rams are hosting. And then the final 1 o'clock game is the Cardinals at home at Arizona. Uh, and they're hosting the Eagles. So let's go ahead and get started with the matchups at hand for Week 15. NFC West, let's go. All right, so 10 a.m., Seahawks on the road against the Washington football team. And this is a Washington football team that they won the last, what, the last four games. They've been They've been rolling. They've been rolling thanks to their defense, thanks to, to their defensive line. Deron Payne, Chris Young, um, Montez Sweat. I mean, their they're first-round picks, they're hitting. They're hitting really well, and that's the reason why they've been winning football games. This defense, this defensive line, single-handedly beat the Niners. And uh, they you can make a case that they single-handedly beat the Steelers the previous week, which was mind-blowing considering that the Steelers were undefeated at the time um so yeah they're at home uh the Seahawks have a tough row game which is why the spread reflects that uh Seahawks for all intents and purposes they are a much better football team than the Washington football team because you have Russell Wilson you have their receivers in DK Metcalf Tyler Luckett and you have Chris Carson in the running game but they're only favored by six and a half over under 43 and a half uh, this is a game that could get pretty tricky, uh, and the reason why I say that was in years past, Ron Rivera was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and for whatever reason for the schedule, uh, the like I think what the last three years at the very least, but they have played each other quite often. Okay, so the Seahawks for whatever reason they always seem to play the Panthers at Carolina for a trap sort of morning game, and that's been. Um, like Ron Rivera, he he knows the Seahawks team, okay, and he he's done very well defending against Russell Wilson. He's done very well competing against the Seahawks, and I'm not saying it's apples to apples, but you know Ron Rivera knows the Seahawks well, and he has a very talented defense going against the Seahawks at home. I think that the X factor in this entire game is going to be well for the Washington Football Team, who is under center because. Last week, Alex Smith left the game with a calf injury, a leg injury, and I'm not going to fault him for anything because 
yeah, he almost had his leg amputated uh, the previous season. So who am I to judge about injuries? But Dwayne Haskins filled in admirably against the Niners. He didn't exactly kill it, but, you know, he, he played some decent football. So I'm really intrigued to see who's going to be starting come Sunday, whether it's Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but anywho, it's going to be one of those games as well where um, it look, look at the over-under. It's 43 and a half. So it could be a grinder of a game. But I mean, a couple of things that are going against the Washington football team. I don't know who's going to be under center quarterback, Haskins, Alex Smith, but the top running back again, which is Antonio, uh, Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. Uh, he is doubtful the last time i checked uh he's been dealing with an injury he missed the game the previous week most likely he's going to miss it again so you're going to have a little bit of jd mckissick peyton barber uh certainly capable mckissick in the passing game barber north south for, for short yardages but gibson will be missed so when the football team is on offense and the Seahawks are on defense, I mean, this is something where the Seahawks could really take advantage of just because you have the backups at key positions, both at running back and quarterback. I think that, well, Quentin Dunbar, he should be back from IR. I think that this defense is relatively healthy, all things considered. So the only big threat that I'm really worried about uh, for this Washington football team is going to be Terry McLaren. Okay, he is a well, is he number one? Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. He is a top wide receiver in this league. He's done very well, no matter who is under center at the quarterback position for the Washington football team. So obviously, he's going to be a vocal point in this offense. Tight end Logan Thomas, former Cardinals quarterback, converted into tight end. He's also their other guy in the valve uh, down the seam. He should be utilized heavily. So the Seahawks have a couple things to worry about. But I'm not as worried about the Seahawks defense, which is funny to say because I usually am. But I'm not as worried about the Seahawks defense as I am for their offense when they have the football. I think that the Seahawks their defense is getting better and better every week. A much different story from what you saw them in the first half of the season. They're actually somewhat credible this time around. Perfect, actually, in December to play some good football defensively for the Seahawks. But... I think that when the Seahawks have the football and Russell Wilson is under center, this is where you see that really tight spread of six and a half because the Seahawks are a much better team than the football team, but they're on the road and this is a offensive line that is, it's battered. You know, the Seahawks offensive line, they've been shuffling a bit, uh, whether it's been the right tackle, their guards, uh, it's, I need to double check who's going to be there for, for the starting day lineup. But they've been shuffling like the last two, three weeks. And I feel that that's still going to be the case come Sunday time against the Washington football team. And that's not good. Not good. Washington defensive line is talented. And knowing Ron Rivera, just saying, because when he was with the Panthers, he had a really good defensive line back in the day, too. Really solid front seven. And he he knows how to get to Russell Wilson. He knows the tendencies of Wilson when he is under duress and how to properly defend him. So I have a feeling, too, that he'll take that same recipe and he'll translate that to the Washington football team, his new squad. And this is where things get kind of dicey because I would be particularly wary of, well, potential defensive rookie of the year, Chris Young. He's been balling, hit a defensive touchdown 
a couple pressures, a sack or, or two against the Niners. And so, yeah, he's coming off a stellar game. And I'm sure that he would love to feast on another NFC West opponent. Obviously, Russell Wilson is a lot more elusive than Nick Mullins. But I'm just saying, man, uh, Russell Wilson, he is Mr. Unlimited. Don't get me wrong. But the last couple of weeks, you know, he hasn't been... Uh, and it's, it's no discount to what he brings to the table because he, what he brings to the table is awesome. But what he was playing earlier in the season, the first half was truly MVP sort of football. The last couple of weeks, he's been good, but he's shown that uh, he's not all there as Superman. Uh, he's had some turnovers. He's had some uh, interceptions, and a lot of it has to do with the pressure that has been allowed by this offensive line. So if the football team can get to Russell Wilson, this should be a closer game. But, I mean, I'm just thinking about this. I mean, the Seahawks team, they know with the start of December right here, they know that this last quarter of games is really important because the Rams are right under, well, they're one step up on them right now with the 9-4 and four record. They had to win every game. Uh, they would love to end. I think they're going to still make playoffs. I think they'll still make the wild card. Worst comes to worst, but you want to win the NFC West. You want to win the division and not have to worry about competing for a wild card spot and uh, not being at home. It just it just sucks. So I think the Seahawks do take care of business. You know, a combination of a strong run game by Chris Carson, and he's coming back healthier and healthier every week in coalition with Lockett, Metcalf, and the rest of the gang. I think that it should be good enough against this Washington football team, regardless of all the pressure that may come Russell Wilson's way. So go ahead and give me uh, the Seahawks 28 to, to 17. 28 to 17, so they do cover the spread uh, right around right around the, the over-under, just above. Uh, so I'll have it 28 to 17. Okay, now the next game at hand, uh, we have a 10 a.m. game as well. And you have the Niners going to Dallas. And this is a game where, you know, back in the 90s, this was the NFC rivalry uh, to behold. But, you know, fast forward now, it's 2020. The Cowboys, they uh, well, they suck. Uh, they have no Dak Prescott. And this has been a game that's been, well, a team that's been struggling ever since. But the Niners, they, they've dropped two games in a row after beating the Rams triumphantly a couple weeks back, but lost to the Bills, lost to the football team, and now you have the Cowboys, okay? While the Cowboys are coming off a win against the Bengals, I mean, I just, well, the Niners are favored by three over under 46, and so, you know, the Niners, they're on the road against a rival team in the Cowboys, but I... I don't know. I have some pride. Maybe there's some obvious bias on my end being in the Bay Area, but I feel that the Snyder's team should be able to take care of business. They're favored by three over under 46. I mean, you know, the one thing that really does. Okay, so the thing that really does bother me, you know, when the Niners are on offense and when Nick Mullins, who's presumably the starter for now, unless they do something funny uh, last minute with C.J. Beathard, but Mullins is slated to make the start. And while it's no Washington football team, while it's no Rams sort of front seven, this defensive line is pretty good. I mean, you have Demarcus Lawrence, you have linebackers in Jalen Smith, you have former Niner Alden Smith. I mean, it's a formidable group. Uh, so that is troublesome because, 
well, this hasn't happened all season, but I would like to see a cleaner game by Nick Mullins. I hope he takes care of the football for the nth time this season. But um, if that happens, it could open up a lot of possibilities for this Niners team. Just because specifically on the trenches, while the Cowboys do have a formidable pass rush on paper, their run defense is horrible. It is horrible. It is right on the bottom tier of the league. Uh, DVOA run defense, all the metrics indicate that they suck defending the run, which means that they need to run the football, run the football, and run the football, whether it's Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Jerick McKinnon, I don't, I don't care, but they need to take care of the football and run the rock, get that time of possession on point within the Niners' favor, and uh, come out with that win. But the caveat remains Mullins, okay? So whether it's turnovers or, you know, having a respectable passing game, Nick Mullins needs to hit on his throws. He needs to, you know, keep this game respectable. It can be a totally one-sided run game. He has to do just enough. And I think if he does that, it should be, I won't say smooth sailing, but it should be the outcome that they had expected against the Washington football team the previous week. Take care of the football, run the ball well, make just enough plays uh, with the passing game, and come out with a victory. So if they can replicate that game plan this week, I think that the Niners should come out victorious. But I guess conversely, so when the Cowboys have the football and the Niners on, are on defense, well, I mean, you know, once again, they are struggling with injuries, okay? K1 Williams, Mosley, they're questionable. Um, Fred Warner, he had a stinger on his shoulder last week. He's questionable as well. It's a, you know, it's a better defense, not going to lie. But, you know, all things considered, they had a stellar game against the Washington football team. And for the numbers for the season, it remains a top 15 unit. But... It's been the turnovers that put them in really tough situations, okay? Really tough situations in which this time around with Andy Dalton, the Cowboys quarterback under center, uh, with a compromised Cowboys offensive line, I would feel pretty good about that. And if I'm complaining about this Niners offensive line, you should look at the Cowboys because their offensive line is probably worse than the Niners offensive line. They've been shuffling a lot this year. Both the tackle, center, interior, like the whole, the whole line has been, uh, it's been battling this year. So that means, you know, Kerry Hyder, Dion Jordan. I mean, there should be some opportunities. There should be some opportunities. And, you know, Zeke Elliott, while he's, you know, he's known as like the man, a top five running back in fantasy football. But yeah, this year it's been pretty bad because... Bad quarterback play, bad offensive line. Like, this whole offense has been a mess. And whether it's been Mike McCarthy or whatever with the coaching staff, but they're not getting their return on investment on the offense. And, you know, I know they don't have that Prescott, but it's been pretty disappointing because I was expecting a little bit more out of Andy Dalton just because, you know, he has a lot of starting experience coming from the Bengals, but just haven't seen it. Uh, they, you just haven't seen it. So I do feel good about the Snyder's defense. I think that, um, you know, they're secondary. If they take care of business, obviously I know that the Cowboys have some really, really tough receivers in Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. But offensive line, quarterback play, you know, you got to deliver the ball to these guys. And that hasn't been happening. 
It, it really hasn't. So all in all, let me just put this in perspective. The Niners are favored by three. They're on the road. But unlike the Cowboys, I mean, this Niners team does have some grits. They're still playing for pride. Well, not even pride. They're technically in the playoff equation. They just have to win out, right? But I think that this team still has enough resolve to play some good football. And if anything, they wanted to get that sour taste off the last couple of weeks. They've lost the last couple of weeks to the Bills and the football team, but I think it stops with a nice win against the Cowboys. I would love a Niners win over the Cowboys any day, but this Sunday it happens. So go ahead and give me the Niners 27-21. to 21. It'll be close, but I think that the Niners, and I say this with asterisks, if the Niners take care of the football, run the ball well, and win that T.O.P., they should come away with this win no problem. Okay, onwards, 1 o'clock games, all right? Let's get it. Let's get it. Halfway there. So 1 o'clock, you have the Jets, the winless Jets, uh, going on the road to, to the Rams, man. Yeah, the Rams are hosting, and that's why you see the spread so heavily. I mean, this is the biggest spread of the week. The Rams are favored by 17.5 points. Yeah, you heard it. They're favored by 17.5 points. Uh, over the winless Jets and over under being 44. So it's a lower scoring game. But I think that this Rams team, they've been playing after losing to the Niners a couple weeks ago. They've been playing some really good football. I've been thoroughly impressed with their defense is really coming along. Their run game. I mean, shoot, if you saw last Thursday against the, the Patriots, they were balling out. They were running the ball. They were pushing. They were setting a tone on the trenches. And it made, you know, it made this offense look really good. I think that still continues because you're talking about the Jets for Christ's sake. So um, shout out to the rookie from Florida State second round pick Cam Akers because he finally has the keys to this football team. He's going to get the rock over and over again, which I am excited because going into the season for fantasy football purposes, I invested heavily into him and I didn't really get that return for most of the year. But for those that held on true to form to him, now, if you're still in fantasy football playoffs, I mean, hopefully you can ride the wave towards a championship with Cam Akers because Cam Akers is coming off a game against the Patriots in which they gave him, what, 29 carries? He ran for 175 yards, I think 200 yards all purpose, including uh, a couple passes out of the backfield. And so they've been putting all that juice, that youthful juice, with acres on the offense and if that works and they can run the football watch out for this Rams team because that's exactly what they needed especially for December because if they can run the football effectively in December it should make way some for some really good football come postseason but more importantly if they have a reputable run game that means they can have a reputable threat for play action and that's where Jared Goff can really strive well. Because Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, yeah. No, they have some really good receivers. Uh, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. It's starting to come along. It's just starting to come along. So I'm not going to talk too much about this game. Seriously. Uh, the Jets, you can make a case that you should uh, take the points. Because, you know, 17 and a half in the NFL is a lot of points to lay. Yeah, I mean, an NFL team, a professional team, to lay 17 and a half, that's a lot. And so it's just out of principle, you might be inclined to, to do that. And may, maybe I'm on that vibe as well. 
but uh, just give me the Rams 27 to 13. I think that they pound the rock, they take care of the football, and then they try to get out pretty much uh, without injury. So if they can score 27, 30 points, I think that should be enough because I don't, I don't see this Jets offense really doing that much better against a Rams team that has been really striving to uh, force turnovers and pressure the quarterback. I think that trend continues. So go ahead and give me the Rams 27 to 13. Last but not least, let's go ahead and bring it home, okay? So the final 1 o'clock game in the NFC West, you have the Eagles, the Jalen Hurts-led Eagles, who are coming off a convincing win against the Saints, by the way. So Jalen Hurts got the start last week over Carson Wentz, and he rushed for over 100 yards. Uh, You know, they didn't really dial up too many plays to make some really challenging throws. I mean, he made enough, but he did enough as a dual-threat quarterback. And they came out with the win. Those Eagles beat the Saints. And everyone's just like, holy shit. Okay. Uh, But I'll be intrigued this time around because the Eagles visit the Cardinals this time around. They're back at their home, not the Niners' home. It's the Cardinals' home originally. And the Cardinals are favored by six over under 51 and a half. So it's projected to be the highest scoring over under within the NFC West for this week. And this is a game where it's, well, you know, it's the Battle of the Birds. Okay, you have the Eagles, the Cardinals, you have Kyler Murray versus Jalen Hurts, two dual threat quarterbacks, you know, obviously Kyler Murray being like the golden child for for what you want to see in a, in, a, in a mobile quarterback. But that should be a really hot matchup. But more importantly, though, everyone knows Kyler Murray is the well-established starter. But for Jalen Hurts, okay, so this is going to be his second career start. And so now teams, well, the Cardinals... On defense, the opposition, as they scout Jalen Hurts, now they have a full game's worth of film to dissect Jalen Hurts and his tendencies. And so what will they do to adjust? Okay, so like, you know, the cat is out of the bag. Okay, they know Jalen Hurts and what he brings to, to the table. They've seen some film. So for the Eagles, you know, when they're under center and then the Cardinals are on defense, what are they going to do this time around? Um, are they going to stay with the game plan? Are they going to open up? The passing game for him is going to be, you know, he's going to he's going to try to rush for over 100 yards rushing like last week against the Saints. I don't know, but uh, you know, they have Austin Jeffrey back. He's healthy. He had a touchdown last week. They have Travis Fulham, who's been a little, well, he's been quiet the last couple of weeks. And then they, you know, they have their tight ends back. They have Dallas Goddard. They have Zach Ertz. I mean, you know, they have the gang back. And for this Cardinals defense, I mean, this is a good time to start playing some real good defensive football. Hassan Reddick coming off those five sacks, like I mentioned before. That was a awesome, awesome game by him. So can they get another sort of game? I know it's contract year for him, and I know that they would love some more pass rush, especially against this Eagles team with a pretty battered offensive line. Cowboys are pretty bad. The Eagles are just right there in the mix. I think whether it's been... Well, no, it's the same situation as the Cowboys. Center, guard, tackle. Like, they've been shuffling all season. All season. So, uh, I I gotta, I gotta double check. But last time I checked, uh, they might have a new right tackle. They might ha- have a new center. They might be switching guards. But whatever. Uh, it, it's a mess over there. So, this Cardinals... Front seven coming off a very convincing win against the Giants. Can they do that again? I I would hope so. 
I think that there should be some opportunity. And especially since you have the film on Jalen Hurts, I mean, perhaps this is the adjustment game to Jalen Hurts where it kind of corrects itself if you catch my drift. You know, the Saints, they, they lost. And, you know, a win's a win. But I think the Saints team, just they, they just weren't ready for him. But I think the Cardinals could be. Uh, with a week's worth of preparation to defend Hurts and force him to be a passer. I mean, yeah. Um, I I feel pretty good if I'm the Cardinals. Maybe maybe I got my hopes up just because I finally saw them play some real defense against the Giants. But I think that um, this is a game that they should be able to take care of. Which leads me to my next thing, okay? So when the Cardinals have the football, you have Kyler Murray under center and you're playing an Eagles defense with a pretty good defensive line obviously with Graham Joshua Sweat Fletcher Cox I mean uh Jason Grove Jason Hargrove like yeah they have some really good stout guys on that defensive line okay not gonna lie but I will say this though if the Cardinals can do a halfway decent job protecting Murray they should have some really good opportunities down the field to take advantage of this Eagle secondary Darius Slay, their top corner, their prize free agent acquisition, is out this game. So you know they're gonna you're gonna have like the backups. Uh, maybe Jalen Mills, the safety slides to cornerback. But last time I checked, uh, their their depth outside of Darius Slay has been pretty weak. So I'm looking at you, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm looking at you to have a big game, to hit pay dirt and to take advantage of. The lack thereof of a cornerback uh, for this Eagles team. So I think if that does happen, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, like they should they should have plenty of opportunities to score some points. And I, I want to give a shout out to Larry Fitzgerald. It's kind of random. I know that Larry Fitzgerald hasn't been the same uh, the last couple of years as he gets up there in age. But I mean, historically speaking, whenever Larry Fitzgerald has played the Philadelphia Eagles, he has what's the best way to put it he has owned the eagles okay so he has like i don't know like you know they're they don't they're not even in the same division but i think he has like what 800 receiving yards eight touch like something pretty ridiculous every time he plays the eagles so things to consider um i'm hoping for a big game against hopkins without slay and i'm assuming that uh just looking at history i think fitzgerald just plays the eagles well for whatever reason so that's something to look out. All in all, I mean, I think that this should be a game in which, I mean, I like Jalen Hurts just like anyone, but I think that this should be um, a tougher game, uh, a tougher game. And this is a game where I just, I'm just going with momentum. I feel a lot better about this Cardinals defense. And I think that when you put that all into consideration and if Jalen Hurts, I mean, he could, he could honestly be the answer, but for his second game, I'm not going to go ahead and give him the keys completely to this Eagles offense long term. So go ahead and give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals like 31, uh, 31 Eagles, tw- 20, 31-20, 31-20. Let's go ahead and do that. 31-20, it'll be an interesting game. I mean, you know, I'd love to see how Hurts competes against Murray, but I think at the end of the day, uh, Murray is, I mean, he should be, but he's, he's a much better quarterback with a much better uh, matchup to take advantage of, especially against that Eagles secondary. So go ahead and give me Cardinals 31, Eagles 20. Hopkins has a big game. And then, you know, it'd be nice if Larry Fitzgerald gets in the end zone with a touchdown.
against the Eagles. So, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Week 15 in the NFC West. So I have the Seahawks going atop the Washington football team 28-17. to Niners on the road. They take care of business against the Cowboys 27-21. to Rams, while I would like to, I mean, it's 17 and a half, but I would lay the points. I'll give them 20, 27 to 13. And last but not least, I'll have the Cardinals taking care of business at home against the Eagles 31 to 31 to 20. 31 to 20. So once again, appreciate y'all checking out the pod, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. Check me out, Instagram at Just the West, Twitter at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, happy holidays. We out here. Peace.